Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Sandy Springs, Georgia, it's time for Sandy Springs Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here with Rachel Simon, another episode of Sandy Springs Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, Connect the Dots. So this episode is brought to you by Connect the Dots Digital. When you're ready to leverage LinkedIn to meet your business goals, go to connectthedots.digital. Rachel, Happy New Year. Hi, Welcome Lee. back. Happy New Year. Can you believe it's 2024? Man, the years just keep ticking by. <laughs> Unreal. Um, well, I'm so excited about the show. Who do you got today? We have a great guest today, Devika Rao of 23 East Group. Very excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And Happy New Year. Did Happy New Year. Good holidays. Yes. Uh, nice and quiet and calm, but with good family and friends. How about you? Uh, it was the same, mm-hmm. kind of quiet. But um, <laughs> And I think this is like the first week, the real first week back. Yeah. Everybody's like I think we're out of the haze. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to get back to work, everybody. Um, well, we're really excited to welcome you to the show. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, that's a very loaded question, yes. I would probably say. <laughs> Go. Um, right. So I'm Devika. I've been in Atlanta since 1983. My family and I moved here. Um, so been, I guess, a local, if you will, if that counts. And just been working here in the marketing field. And I used to kind of have hodgepodge of experience, but I started working at an agency about 10 years ago. And um, the agency wound up I wound up buying the agency from the previous owners as they were writing to exit. And um, so was born 23 East Group. And so actually today is actually our one-year birthday, if you will. Happy Um, birthday. Thank you. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's been a cool journey. And uh, so I joined the old agency about, like I said, 10 years ago and started working with them, learning from them. And then when the opportunity arose to exit and they wanted to you know, hand over the reins, I decided to take that jump. And I said, why not? What could be, what's so difficult about this? But it's lovely and it's fun. So, Well, that's exciting. <laughs> and um, it's extra exciting to be able to kind of have you on, on your, your company's birthday. So happy first anniversary. It's a great <laughs> milestone. You have a great story around the name of sure. the company. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, thank you. The name is very special. 23 East is the name, is the address of the home I grew up in when I when we used to live in India. So it is a nod to our roots. I and mean, I do feel that marketing has to have really good roots. You kind of have to know who you are. You kind of have to know where you come from, what you stand for as you try to tell your story. And so 23 East signifies kind of part of that address. And as any good storyteller would start kind of going into the weeds. So East, I kind of associated with, you know, sunrise, you kind of start your day with the sun rising in the east, fresh ideas, fresh new energy, new beginnings. And then group was really important to me because I don't think we do it alone. I think we are a collective. And so it takes a lot of people and a lot of colleagues and partners and friends to kind of make a vision come along. And whether it's a client or whether it's just your personal vision. So 23 East Group kind of has that personal touch to it. That's great. And I love that there's such a like distinct story to the name of the company because I think sometimes there's some company names out there and you're like, 
what exactly does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's a great story. And on that topic, you know, storytelling is a core component of what you do. Mm -hmm. So why is storytelling so powerful when it comes to marketing? Sure. Um, I think it kind of goes down to the roots of storytelling. I think as humans, we like to tell stories. That's how we communicate. That's how information used to be passed around. Um, It was never just bullet points. And um, so I think it kind of goes back to the original way of what actually sells. So how you got convinced by some traditions or you got convinced by what you were supposed to do was because there was always some kind of anecdote, some kind of personal touch to it. So I think storytelling, excitingly, is coming back um, into marketing. I mean, it is back, but it's coming back a little bit more tenfold. And so I think when it comes to connecting to an audience, when it comes to telling people why your brand is important or why your message is important or why your mission is important, um, it goes back to... Um, well, my, my favorite thing is the why. I, th- I think everything has to have a why. You have to know why you're doing something. But um, it's also about making it personal and making it important to them. So it's not always about us. It's not always about um, what we want to do or we want to say. It's about what will matter to that person that we want, um, who we want them to, what we want them to do and what we have to make it relevant to them. So I think stories are the way to do it. Um, because people innately want to know why it matters to them. Do you think storytelling kind of went away for a while in marketing and now it's coming back? Um, like, I think it got, um, I don't think it went away. I think it kind of got lost a little mm-hmm. bit um, just because I think we got so, um, and again, this is my personal opinion, but um, this, I think we got so enamored by digital and I think we got so enamored by behavior changes by digital. You know, we are, now quick to do things. We are um, instantaneous as opposed to more thought process. Um, You know, you click a button, something shows up at your door. And um, so I think we met the moment in that, you know, marketing kind of met that space. Like, oh, people want quick information. We hear it all the time, right? Attention spans are shorter. Attention spans are, uh, you got to get it across in 30 seconds, 10 seconds, eight seconds. Um, But I think somehow people are also starting to figure out like, well, why am I doing this again? Or why do I like this brand? Because we hear it all the time that there's just so much out there, right? We've, you talk about, you know, TV shows with your friends. They're like, well, there's just so much TV. I spend more time scrolling than I do actually watching. Um, That's just an example. So I think it goes back to, I think it's going back to that old roots of, well, what matters to me and how, and then now in a crowded space as a marketing and marketing and branding, how do we make it matter so you kind of rise out to the top? And I think that happens through stories. I think you have to start connecting back to people using these same mediums, but how do you use them in a creative, more um, approachable way? I completely agree. I definitely see um, a lot of successful, and I'm going to use in my world, you know, on LinkedIn, content mm-hmm. creators that are utilizing storytelling techniques in their content as opposed to being like, here's my service, buy it, blah, right. blah, blah. Like, it's the why. It's like, what is the value? What is my, uh, what's a personal story that I can connect and give a lesson, teach a lesson, do X, Y, Z. So I think that storytelling, I hope now will merge with those digital tools and tactics mm-hmm. uh, that will be successful overall. Yeah. 
Now, do you have any advice for that business owner that's listening that enable them to incorporate maybe storytelling into their marketing right now? Like, are there some easy things that people can do either to their website, maybe to LinkedIn posts or anything um, that you advise your clients? Yeah, I think low-hanging fruit is always what's working, right? So if you you are a business, you have clients or however your business model is, the story is in those success stories. So try to find the success stories that if you, um, I'll, of course, I'm in marketing agencies, so I'll use a marketing uh, success story. So if we have a client and we uh, were able to do something creative and get to their goal, um, it's not necessarily about the client in that moment, but how we got there. Um, and their goal was used to got there by through through telling stories. And it's not about that kind of direct focus. It's more about, well, you know, who we can use as a testimonial. Who And we have those words like great testimonial, case studies, kind of uh, very sales style kind of words. But they're really just stories. And so... I think for any business owner, any any marketing uh, professional who's trying to make a you know a way through into their brand, it's really what's sitting in front of you. I think we're always looking for something a little bit bigger. Um, but if you're, like I said, if you're in marketing or you're a business owner, like you know who's your advocate, who's who's already with you in your services, ask them stories. Ask them why did you you know what has been a great success for you to work with us. Um, what was, um, why did you decide to do something? So try to make it relatable. But the people, the stories are right in front of you. Um, I'm a big fan of data. Data tells gorgeous stories. If you take the time to read it, it's not just numbers. Um, and you can kind of create stories out of that. So if something worked, why did it work? What resonated? Let's go find that moment. And um Let's humanize it. So I think a lot of people are just really after the human stories now. And I think that's kind of a great place to be. And then a lot of times people, like you said, are looking outside of themselves first, mm-hmm. like for some magic solution when a lot, a lot of times you should just be paying attention to what's in front of you and, and kind of dig deep and, and just ask your clients, you know, yeah, what was the pain you had? Why'd you choose us? How were we able to help? And you you document a few of those, and then that's great content, and that's a great story. And you can go deeper. You know, you can go if the client's open to it, or the person who's you've been supporting is open to it. You know, what did that work help them achieve? So beyond them is you know get the story of their success. Right. So the one client's of, client, the client's story. client, and teach and you know I'm I'm big on making sure that we treat our clients' client as our client because if that extra step, that extra relationship is built and that extra form of trust is built for our client. It's inherently going to become yours too. And so I think it's not just that you can definitely just go right there, but even go a little deeper and say like, you know, tell that story of um, how did whatever you were working on help your client's client. And um, inherently it does tie back to good storytelling and um being relevant, and I think that's a big, the big word is relevant always. Yeah, it seems like a couple of thoughts that came up. One is I think sometimes there's a fear factor that goes along with it of, um, you know, it's safe, it's comfortable maybe to do a case study in a white mm-hmm. paper. It might be a little intimidating to take that same kind of content and results and, and make it a little bit more of a 
a personable human mm-hmm. story, but it's so effective. Um, and the other piece is that it, it does require patience. Yes. The big P. Yes. <laughs> Which sometimes in marketing, people don't have so much patience. They want <laughs> quick, instant results. And most good things in life require investment and patience. Oh, that's, uh, that's definitely a quote of the day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, uh, and I, I agree with you there that uh, one, I think it's personally because of the world we like live in right now. We were just talking about instantaneous. You know, we want instant results or we send a post, we want instant likes and those don't happen all the time and um, and you have to figure out what resonates and what doesn't. Um, but it is a lot of, uh, it's a long game. And I think if we kind of remind ourselves long game with short-term goals, then it sort of becomes achievable and it becomes more tangible because I do think in where we live in marketing now or even communications, um, we are overwhelmed. And I think any brand or any company that wants to start marketing, they kind of um, they kind of look at everything and they think they have to do everything to be successful. And um, hopefully this, it, it kind of, they can scale back and say, what do we do? What do we need to do right now? And usually that tempers down that anxious, that anxiety, because it is, a, it is very like, okay, we need social, we need this, we need that. You're like, and if you know you have good advisors around, you're like, you don't need all of that right now. You need to just start the engine and it's just start on the consistent and frequent basis and then grow into that. So going sort of answering both is um, going back to your question, like what can business owners do right away? It's just kind of think about what can be achieved at the moment um, because it is kind of overwhelming and many conversations we've had or I've had with uh, brands, you know, they kind of, the whole thing is available. We're like, you don't really need to do all of that right now. And I think that helps when they kind of scale, sit back, scale back. And they're like, oh, and it's like, just start here. Let's just start building. And I think that's also missed sometimes in marketing that it's a building process. It's not a, it's um, not a flip a switch and then you're on, on 10 platforms posting, <laughs> you know, six times a day. Like it, it, because that's where it gets overwhelming. They see, other people doing Correct. certain things and they're like, well, I should be doing this. I'm, I'm falling behind. And then it creates a lot of pressure. Yeah, it does. And just like Rachel said, it's a patient process and um, it it's not a fun process to sometimes sit as a marketer being like, yes, we have to be patient, but it pays off. But you're right. Like when you see either your competition or your colleagues or pe- you know people in the same spaces, you're doing way more. You're just going, I need to do all of that. But I think that's a gut check for yourself. You're like, do I need to do all of that? Um, reminding yourself, is that even relevant for my business? Because it might not be. So it's very easy to sort of kind of feel like, the, you know, kid not invited to the cool table sometimes. But um, having that little gut check for yourself also saying, you know, that might not be something that's right for my business. So not going to engage. Maybe later. Maybe not now, but it's more about just kind of having that um, filter for yourself too. Yeah, or maybe not ever. I mean, maybe not ever. Yeah, right. yeah you know, for sure. It's, it's that question of where's your audience, mm-hmm. right? So it's like that, you know, what is it that, you know, shiny new toy? Oh, new platform. <laughs> I better go there. I, uh, I, there's a story I love to share. Somebody had, um, it's like a business coach. I had was listening to a podcast or some masterclass she was doing, and she shared how she... Um, 
she had felt pressure to get really active on TikTok. Mm-hmm. So she invested a lot of money, like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars on a whole TikTok strategy. She got, you know, she was putting all these videos out. She was getting good engagement because you get good engagement. It it converted to zero business, and she was like, "Why am I doing this?" And right. she left it behind. So, mm. you know, le- so many lessons there. Is your audience there? Is it the right platform based on what you're talking about? Is it worth the investment? You know? And I think it's also, why are you doing it on that platform? So if she's there for brand awareness and she's getting engagement, that might have worked, right? But if that's the place you're going for business, um, like you said, there was zero kind of with lead generation or whatever. So I think it's also about goal setting. Like, why are you going on this platform? Is it just because it's new or is your, like you said, is your audience there? And I think that's also kind of a big point in when you're looking at what platforms work best for you and, um, and what do you want out of them? Because I think that drives that storytelling also, because if we're trying to get lead generation or if you're just trying to do some brand awareness or you're just trying to, um, kind of, you know, just showcase what your skills are, just sometimes it's a portfolio, it's a portfolio in of itself. Um, that drives your outreach strategy. That drives what you are planning to do on these platforms because um, you work in mostly in LinkedIn. Um, a LinkedIn strategy is totally different than an Instagram strategy, totally different than an email strategy. And so it is not one size fits all. And um, the end goals are not one size fits all. And I think that has to be, again, going back to the why, um, that has to be clear. Um, and that helps you filter out your story too. Now, I'd imagine that when you're having these conversations with your clients or prospective clients, that is critical, right? To get clarity around what outcome they desire. Because a lot of times they're like, hey, this person's on TikTok. So should I, like, it's like, well, what do you want out of this? What do you, you know, how Mm. do you, when when we look back at the results in a year, what's going to be the thing that we're high-fiving, not the thing that's, why do we do that? You know, because you might go up, uh, you know, down a path that may not be relevant to what you're really trying to uh, achieve. Yeah, and I think that's a super important question, um, whether you do it in discovery, whether you do it in prospecting. um, You know, it's really helping the person, either if they're a client or prospective client, really have that conversation and say, well, what do you want? Like, and my favorite question really is to ask, like I come to you in one year and I say, you know, I'd love for you to resign. What do you want to tell, make sure I tell you that we have achieved. Right. And that, because I think there's power in working backwards. I think there is power like, well, what do we want? Okay. We want, um, 20 leads. I know that's a very low number, but depends on who you are as a client, but we want 20 X, Y, Z. Um, then, okay, how are we going to get there? And I think that is a really, it's a fun process actually to watch people kind of figure that out, make it more granular because usually everybody is like, well, I just want brand awareness. I want everybody to know about me. I want everybody like, but why and where and who? And that goes to kind of my favorite formula, which is the five W's and the how, and just those are the core things to drive home any, um, clarity that you might need to what you want to accomplish. Right, and you want to get layers deep because on the service, they can come to you and go, oh, I, I want a, a PR strategy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you do? Like, why do you want that? you got to ask them that five times, you know, to get to the, <laughs> really what they're trying to accomplish. 
not because they had a friend that had a PR strategy that was successful, you know, right. which could be the reason they called initially, which might not be really what they need or want. Exactly. And it, again, it goes back to, is it for you? And it could be, and but it might not be the same as your friend or the brand next to you. It might be the same industry, same brand or competitive brand, but totally different goals. So, um, yeah, I think that getting deeper with our clients and even prospective clients um, is the core strategy there is just and helping them. I think for me, I get very excited when I see the light bulbs kind of start, you know, flickering and coming on and um, they know their business. They know what they want. It's just um, helping them kind of figure out that kind of path and saying, like, you could be a lot more creative. We don't have to be very um, straightforward about it. You can do this. You can do that. So helping them dig through this intellectual property that they come with um, is, I would say, probably one of my favorite things to do with uh, clients and prospective clients is, like, tell me more. Even though I've been with them for years, it's like, tell me more. Like, what's going on? And what's driving that? Like, how... You know, and sometimes you has as a marketer, you should be asking like, well, why are why is this goal suddenly important? Because they and and hopefully there is that relationship of trust where they can tell you why they suddenly need a huge PR strategy or they need a huge, um, you know, online presence all of a sudden or something like that. Or we need to do we need to pivot. So hopefully there is that great um, symbiotic relationship that can happen with a good marketing person, a good marketing team and the client or the business to say, well, why is this suddenly, and what do you want out of it? And not just from a business sales point of view, but more of a, what is the company goal here? Because then the more you can explain, the more you can explain internally to your marketing team, the more we can accomplish. It's, um, it's a lot harder to go backwards than, um, you know, than just start from the front end and just, hit all those goals. Is there a niche that your agency, um, kind of a sweet spot for you? Yeah, we have three good sweet spots and I think we, we really shine there. Um, one we've, we've really found a great place to live with, um, organizations and state agencies that work with people with developmental disabilities. So with that, we've been working with a few different state agencies, nonprofits, um, and other organizations that kind of work on, um, whether it's um, advocacy or just information, um, education and information on things that matter to the developmental disability community. And um, we've just really found our little space. We, we have using modern ways to communicate, but how do we use those spaces like podcasts, like uh, videos, et cetera, lots of storytelling um, around those individuals. Um, going back to around that community really and um going then the next one is uh, nonprofits as well we just um you know nonprofits are a type of business so i love to make sure that nonprofits know that they are actually a business and they treat themselves like one and um so supporting them in a capacity of uh, full marketing and then we really found our good spot of being like a fractional marketing department for companies that are in that growth stage, um, who are kind of ready for a marketing person. So whether it's a director, whether it's a vice president, um, usually can come in and say like, you know, for that growth stage, we can come in as your full marketing department, because even if you hire one person, you're going to need the rest of the team. 
So you're going to need a graphic designer, you're going to need a writer, et cetera. Um, so the team outfits as a kind of a fractional marketing department and um, can help companies grow to a stage and then, um, you know, get their strategies right. Are you working mostly here locally in Atlanta or nationally? Nationally. So we have clients here in Atlanta and then we have a few national clients and we just keep hoping to grow that footprint out um, as, you know, as long as they kind of fit our mold and we fit theirs, we're love, we have a home for them in, in our, in 23's group. Awesome. Yeah. And you know, there's so much, I come from my old, in my old world, I worked in nonprofits. So mm-hmm. there's just, you know, I do believe nonprofits get the storytelling mm-hmm. more inherently than maybe some corporate uh, organizations only because that's the way you build that connection with your stakeholders. Um, mm-hmm. But there, and there's so much opportunity for storytelling there. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great, great, great content overall because generally it's heartwarming and mm-hmm. um, people can find a point of connection, but those same strategies, it's so easy to adapt them to multiple different kinds of companies, right? Multiple different companies. And, Again, goal setting, right? So nonprofit goals are similar to corporate goals. I think they're just, like I said, that um, at the brass tacks of it, sometimes it's just the way they approach sales, if you will, is just a little different. And But yes. stories sell. And um, because people kind of want to know what's happening with whatever you're investing in. And um, so, yeah, like nonprofits, I, I think the stories do write themselves because they are a lot human-centered space, but so is corporate, private, and public. And it's just about finding those human interest stories. And you're right, though, nonprofits kind of have it sort of packaged in that way. But how do we, how do we kind of um, capitalize on it and make sure that we are, you know, letting people... There's so many wonderful nonprofits out here and good companies that... You, you know, sometimes I'll meet them and I'm like, you're doing all this and no one knows about this. And, um, you know, so the inner story, inner journalist and in me, I'm just like, oh my God, like we just want to dig right in and hopefully they'll, I'm like, just call me. Okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> so often a bandwidth challenge. Oh yeah. Bandwidth is real. Yeah, for sure. So we've talked about this, I think with every guest we've had since it's such a hot topic, but where do you see, you know, with AI, where is, how is AI going to impact storytelling? Ooh, that's a good story. That's a good question. (laughs) Um, It's a good question. I wish I could tell you I have an expert answer on that. Um, I think AI is interesting. I I won't say it's finished. I think we're just scratching the surface. Um, The prop, the thing with storytelling is that, um, you still need humans. You still need, um, no matter how much artificial intelligence can be programmed and trained into telling, you know, that that's the thing about it. You have to teach it to speak in your brand voice and you kind of have to train it. Um, I think that it will probably be a support. I, again, I don't know too much about it in the sense of where it's going to go in it from a technology space. Um, where, like I said, we're just scratching the surface and how it's coming into marketing, at least, um, where it is. And there are people who are using it in a much more advanced manner. Um, so I do think it'll probably become the norm much faster than it's already is. But I do hope that it becomes more of a... I, I hope the human touch, I think, will still be needed because um, I just feel that people still 
want to have that human connection. We are wired for human connection. Um, and um, I, that's my hope and dream, I will just say. That is my absolute naivety and uh, love for <laughs> community. But um, I hope that it stays, um, I hope it becomes more of a, I don't know the right word here, but um, I guess AI would help me find the right word on this one. Amuse. Amuse <laughs> or a support or a pill, I don't know. But, um, you know, just kind of being like, okay, I'm stuck on something and help me write a paragraph. But if we don't have the people behind it to make it human centric, because it is just going to, it has its limitations. Obviously it won't after a while, but I think it's as long as we know how to temper it. Um, And like I said, I say that with complete um, no knowledge on the actual building of AI. I don't know anything about it technology wise from how it's built, how it's done, but um, from what I'm seeing, from how we've been trying to play with it, um, you know, it's you kind of have to lean into it a little bit, but also don't forget to. It's kind. I just don't want it to be like, don't. That's not the only thing we're going to be using. I think marketing is still going to need people, and um, like I said, human connection is back. People have been missing that, and I think we connect better. Um, so hopefully, it just becomes sort of a tool to use i say that with a lot of hope <laughs> I, I agree i have a feeling we're gonna see uh well i think it's the old you know adage the cream rises to the top i think mm-hmm. we're gonna see the good the good storytelling the good content will always be very easy to to spot and the really bad ai content is yeah pretty obvious too yeah i think so i think um Anything, anything in extreme can kind of, um, you know, like I think that's kind of where we were talking about earlier in the conversation, like when digital sort of became sort of creeping into marketing with everything, we all sort of flocked to it and we kind of got really excited about it. And now we're sort of seeing a pullback a little bit on how to use it better, how to make it work with what we actually need it to work with as opposed to just relying on it solely. So um, it's my hope. I like I said. I I say with a lot of hope, without a lot of uh, like fun facts behind it. But it's just my personal experience. Now, if somebody wants to learn more and connect with you or somebody on the team, yeah. uh, what's the best way to do that? Oh, you can totally find us. Um, our website is still. Uh, if we're wrapping it up. That's probably why you can find us a little bit. <laughs> um, so the and then uh, you can always reach out to us. Hello at twenty three east dot co um, not dot com. Uh, but yeah, reach out to us. You can reach out to me personally. It's Devika at 23east.co, D-E-V-I-K-A, um, at uh, 23east.co. And um, would love to connect. And if there's any way I can help or just chat, would love to do that. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a fun year for marketing and stories and and um, anything else that comes along the way, I think. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're Absolutely. doing such important work and we appreciate thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun to have a conversation and uh, wish you all the best this year. It's going to be fun. All right. This is Lee Cantor for Rachel Simon. We will see you all next time on Sandy Springs Business Radio.